0: I'm Bridget Stomberg,
1: and I'm Lisa D. Simone,
0: and this is Taxes for the Masses.
1: Today's episode is on Hunter Biden's guilty plea to tax-related misdemeanors.
0: In June 2023, Hunter Biden, son of President Joe Biden, reached a plea agreement with the U.S. Attorney for Delaware. Hunter pled guilty to two federal misdemeanor counts of failing to pay his taxes. In today's episode, we discuss the general fines and penalties individuals can face related to their taxes and discuss the details of Hunter Biden's case in light of those rules. Hello, Lisa. Hello, B. So sadly, today we are back in the land of politicians. Uh, I guess in this case, I should say politician adjacent individuals. engaging in, let's call it less than stellar behavior related to their federal income taxes.
1: Yeah. As we've said many times, we try to be fair and balanced on this podcast in both our praise and criticism of tax issues. And we try not to let our opinion and analysis be colored by the party responsible for the issue.
0: We do. And case in point, we've picked on both the university endowment tax, which was a Republican spearheaded policy. We're going to pick on the stock buyback tax, which was the brainchild nightmare of the Democrats. We've even been critical of policies
1: with bipartisan support, like the Work Opportunity Tax Credit,
0: which is, it
1: looks good on paper, but in practice, it's been kind of crummy.
0: So it's only fair, given that we've talked about President Trump's tax returns and tax fraud in the Trump Organization, that we discuss Hunter Biden's tax troubles.
1: Only fair indeed. Um, Okay, so our goals for today are to discuss at a high level just how much trouble one can get themselves into for failing to file their tax return and pay taxes on time. And then we'll focus that analysis on the details of Biden's case.
0: All right, love that. It's a good plan. So let's start with a general discussion of tax return penalties. Okay. All right, and I'm gonna preface this discussion saying that this is not my strong suit as a tax professional, a taxpayer, or a tax researcher. Okay. Um, I've been fortunate personally and professionally, to never have really dealt with tax return penalties, either for myself or for any of my clients. Interesting. So I have uh, very little practical experience here. I am literally gonna go with the textbook explanation of these things.
1: Okay, interesting. Um, I have much experience with penalties. Oh, do tell. Uh, Gosh, I think both California and federal, I've- been subjected to penalties. Basically the amount that I owed was a lot more than, uh, than, than I, anybody expected.
0: Okay, and you live to tell about it. Oh yeah. So let's get into it. Let's talk about those penalties. Basic rule, if you owe tax, you gotta pay your tax. I like that rule. There's a penalty for failing to pay the taxes that you owe. Okay, so that penalty is generally
1: 0.5%, not 5%, 0.5% of the taxes due per month or partial month. Easy peasy. You owe a million dollars in taxes. It should have been paid in December. You didn't pay it until May. You owe a penalty of $5,000 a month for six months, totaling $30,000. And of course, that's on top of the a million dollars in taxes that you also have to pay.
0: Okay, so tiny penalty. And this seems like it is probably the situation that you had, right? You owed some tax during the calendar year, didn't figure it out until you filed your tax return. You owe a little bit of a penalty. Exactly. Okay. Next up is the penalty for failing to file your tax return. Okay. Now, this one is bigger in magnitude, and that sort of makes sense because for the IRS to know how much tax you owe them, you have to file your tax return. Right. They really want that return from you. Mm -hmm. So if you don't file, the penalty is going to be 5% of the tax due per month or partial month. Okay.
1: 5%, not 0.5%. No. Yeah. Much bigger. Okay. Now, the good news is that if you're also subject to that failure to pay penalty, which is that 0.5%, now the failure to file penalty drops to 4.5% per month. So basically all in, if you fail to both file and to pay, you're looking at a maximum 5% penalty per month. If the tax return is not filed within 60 days of the due date, including extensions, the minimum penalty is the smaller of $450 or 100% of the unpaid tax. Uh,
0: Example, please.
1: Yeah, I think we need one. Okay. You owed a million dollars in taxes and your tax return was due October 15th uh, because you got an extension. You actually file and pay this million dollars of tax on December 25th because you want to wish Treasury a Merry Christmas or December 23rd because Festivus is for the rest of us. (laughs) You owe $15,000 in penalties for failure to pay. That's the 0.5% for three months. Um, full or partial month, and you owe another $135,000 in penalties for failure to file, that's the 4.5% for three full or partial months.
0: Okay, so it's $150,000 in penalties all in. Yes. That's not Trump change. No. Okay, so the point here is that treasury isn't playing in the immortal words of old dirty bastard, or I guess tell <laughs> us more precisely. Okay. If Uncle Sam wants his money, I think y'all should give him his money. I like it. Uh, Things get even, uh, let's say, spicier
1: as the amount of your underpayment grows or if your understatement stems from some questionable behavior. Questionable. Questionable. So let's say an individual, quote, substantially understates, end quote, their tax liability. Now the penalty is 20%. And let me stop you. Uh Okay. Before you even ask.
0: You don't know what I'm going to ask. Yeah.
1: You're going to ask what substantial understatement means. Damn it. A substantial understatement is one where an individual taxpayer understates their tax liability by 10% of the tax required or $5,000, whichever is greater. Okay.
0: Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. That 20% penalty also applies if you underpaid your tax because of negligence or disregard for the rules. Negligence is where an individual fails to make a quote reasonable attempt to comply with the Internal Revenue Code or to exercise ordinary and necessary care in preparation of their return. It also includes a failure to keep adequate documentation or to properly substantiate items claimed on the return. This is why we keep harping Mm -hmm. on you to keep your documentation.
1: Yep, and if you listen to our episode on IRS audits, you may recall us mentioning that Beyonce was being subjected to a 20% penalty And that could be because of substantial understatement. In that case, the IRS is alleging that she understated her tax by over $2 million across two years. Um, Or it could be because many of the adjustments the IRS was proposing to her tax liability stemmed from an alleged failure to properly substantiate deductions claimed. So in either case, this penalty makes
0: sense for her. It does seem to track. So disregard of the rules must be careless, reckless, or intentional. And an example would be if the taxpayer doesn't even try to determine the way something should be accounted for on their tax return. So you just Mm. do what you want to do without trying to figure out what the rule is. Or if you know how it should be accounted for and you just do something contrary without adequate support.
1: Okay, so fun fact. Go on. An individual can actually avoid this penalty if they do something contrary to a rule or regulation as long as they disclose what they are doing and are acting in good faith.
0: Okay, that's pretty cool. And it seems... It seems fair because it's basically giving taxpayers an opportunity to disagree Mm -hmm. with a rule or a regulation, assuming that they have a reasonable basis for their argument. And they can do that without exposing themselves to a potentially hefty penalty. So you just got to tell the IRS, I'm doing something different because I don't agree with you. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got that 0.5% for failure to pay, uh, 5%-ish for failure to file. What else do we have to worry about?
1: Um, we don't have to worry about anything because we aren't recklessly disregarding the tax law. Uh, good point. I'll Phrase, what other penalties do taxpayers in general have to worry about? The big one is fraud. Oh, okay. taxpayers are penalized 75% of the tax that is underreported
0: because of fraud. Wow, yep. Uh, and fraud, according to the IRS Fraud Handbook, which I'm sure is going to be everyone's next summer reading material, mm-hmm. is defined as intentional wrongdoing with the specific purpose of evading a tax known or believed to be owed. So it requires you both having a tax liability and fraudulent intent. Hmm. Okay.
1: And it's important to know that the penalties that we've been discussing here are all civil penalties. Yep. they are monetary penalties imposed on taxpayers for violating statutes, but there's also the possibility of criminal penalties related to taxes, and those can result in prison sentences.
0: Dun, dun,
1: dun. Because the stakes are higher with criminal penalties, so is the burden of proof the IRS can assess civil penalties outside of a trial when there is, quote, clear and convincing evidence. But in order to assess criminal penalties, there's typically a trial and the government must prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt.
0: Now this is getting exciting. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. I am excited. Um, so the IRS fraud handbook helpfully points out that avoiding tax is not a crime. Taxpayers have the right to try to minimize their taxes by legitimate means within the parameters of the law. It's only evasion or fraud that is a potentially criminal act and that involves intentional acts to deceive the IRS to reduce your known tax liability.
1: That's right. A taxpayer can be prosecuted for a crime if they willfully attempt to evade tax. So if you go over to that IRS tax crimes handbook, you'll see that any person who willfully attempts to evade tax shall be guilty of a felony and fined up to $100,000 or imprisoned for up to five years. In contrast, willful failure to pay taxes or file a tax return is only a misdemeanor and comes with a penalty of up to only $25,000 or imprisonment for up to one year.
0: Um, yes, so failing to pay, failing to file, misdemeanor, you can still go to jail though. Uh, fraud, felony, you can go to jail for five years. Mm -hmm. So who is committing tax fraud? Of course, besides Al Capone. Uh, Yes. Um, Well, tax fraud offenders make up less
1: than 1% of all offenders sentenced under the US Sentencing Commission. So it's a pretty small group. And without any judgment in my voice, which is very difficult for me, let me say that offenders tend to be male, almost Mm. 70% male. Uh, They tend to be white and they tend to be middle-aged. Okay. Nearly two thirds of tax fraud offenders are sentenced to prison for an average length of 15 months.
0: Okay. That's a, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. No one hates filing their taxes more than I do, but uh, it's way better than spending 15 months in prison. I don't know. According to the office, prison may not be so bad. Um, I don't want to find out. Thank you.
1: We've talked about taxpayer penalties for failure to file a return or pay taxes. Let's move on now to talk about the details of the Hunter Biden case.
0: Let's, and I'm gonna preface this discussion by saying that the press coverage of this case, I'll say lacks some of the detail that we've seen in other topics that we've discussed on the pod, like Trump's tax return, Uh like fraud in the Trump Organization. So we're gonna do the best we can with the information that we have. Yep. In late
1: 2018, the US Attorney's Office in Delaware opened an investigation into Biden for potential crimes. These crimes related to taxes and money laundering. Apparently, the tax investigation stemmed from the money laundering investigation. And while that part of the case fizzled out, the IRS continued to examine Biden's taxes.
0: By early 2017, so before this had happened, Biden and his wife owed over $310,000 in taxes. And in 2018, the IRS issued a lien against the couple for 113,000 in unpaid taxes from the 2015 tax year. Hmm. Those taxes were paid off in 2020 and the IRS eventually released the lien.
1: And Biden paid the remainder of his outstanding taxes in 2021. But paying off his tax debt did not eliminate the possibility of criminal charges, According to reporting in the New York Times, it likely made it more difficult for prosecutors to secure a conviction or a long prison sentence because taxpayer defendants who have paid their debts get more sympathy from juries.
0: Biden reportedly told some associates that his total federal tax debt at one point in time was over $1 million and that he had to borrow money to pay it off.
1: The plea deal related to misdemeanor charges for failure to timely pay more than $100,000 in taxes in 2017 and 2018 on taxable income of over $1.5 million each year.
0: So bottom line is that the disclosed specifics of the case here probably aren't that riveting. Mm. He owed taxes. He didn't pay. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, it's possible that he didn't pay because he couldn't afford it. Okay. Given that he had to borrow money, allegedly, to pay off that debt. Right. Um, In that case, it's fair to ask why he couldn't afford it if he had the taxable income, right? If you're getting $1.5 million of taxable income, you should be able to pay $100,000 of tax. You would think. Um, It's possible, always, that this income came from a source where withholding wasn't required. Um, I know there's some speculation that maybe it came from dealings with some foreign entities. Maybe Mm -hmm. they didn't withhold tax on it. Um, It also could be the case that he just didn't know that he had a tax obligation. We have no idea here. We don't have any details on why he didn't pay that $100,000 of tax that he owed. Okay. But in any case, the crux of the controversy here, I think, is whether the Justice Department went easier on Hunter Biden than it has gone or would have gone on other taxpayers simply because he is President Biden's son. And that is Exactly what the Republicans are alleging in this case I don't think anybody's really up in arms over the content of the tax return it's the treatment of Biden after this tax deficiency was uncovered
1: yep and there there frankly may be something here to that yeah. to that argument in April of 2023 an IRS supervisor who had been overseeing the investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes came forward to allege political favoritism and asked Congress for whistleblower protections.
0: And this is where it gets, I mean, it gets quite frankly dramatic, right? Yeah. So this IRS supervisor was an individual named Gary Shapley. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, He's a 14-year employee at the IRS. And it's not just him. There is another unnamed whistleblower who also came forward around the same time. Mm -hmm. Shapley alleged the Department of Justice provided preferential treatment, slow walked the investigation, and did nothing to avoid obvious conflicts of interest in this investigation of Hunter Biden.
1: Interestingly, the U.S. attorney in Delaware who oversaw the investigation, David Weiss, is a Trump appointee, but he needed buy-in from fellow U.S. attorneys in other cities that would have jurisdiction over the tax case. Allegedly, he reached out to U.S. attorneys in D.C. and Los Angeles, both of whom are Biden appointees, and was denied their cooperation. He also requested special counsel authority for himself to charge the case in D.C. and was denied.
0: And This is no bueno because Mm -hmm. even though U.S. Attorney Weiss and U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland told Congress that Weiss had full authority over the investigation and that there was no conflict of interest, Shapley's allegations basically undermine those claims. Mm -hmm. The whistleblowers also alleged that their investigation was slowed down in 2020 right around the time of the presidential election. (laughs) IRS investigators apparently wanted to conduct search warrants in Hunter Biden's residence and Joe Biden's guest home, but were denied.
1: So based on the evidence they did have, IRS investigators recommended that Biden be charged with felony tax evasion and filing false returns for three years and misdemeanor charges for another five years. All told, investigators recommended 11 counts, including both misdemeanors and felonies but the U.S. attorney allowed Biden to plead guilty to just two misdemeanor charges. The alleged slowdown in the investigation allowed for the statute of limitations for the 2014 and 2015 tax years to lapse. Those are years in which Shapley believes there was unreported income and as much as $125,000 of additional taxes owed by Hunter Biden.
0: As of the date that we're recording this episode, it is unclear if Biden will face penalties or prison time for the charges. Like we talked about under the statute, he could be charged fines of up to $50,000, 25 grand for each year, Mm. and sentenced to up to two years in prison. But experts believe that prison time is unlikely, both because Biden paid the tax eventually and because he's been cooperating with authorities.
1: So maybe it does help to have friends and family in high places? It's looking that way. I only have friends in low places. (laughs) I got friends in low places.
0: time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is another episode where I am not seeing a lot of good. Mm. I'm gonna dig deep. Okay. And I'm gonna say, okay, I got it. It's good and helpful. Yes. That I get to brush up on my tax penalties before heading into another teaching semester.
1: Yes. Good. Always good to remind yourself what the rules are, especially when we're teaching young, impressionable minds who are, you know, going to be running the world. Um, I'm somewhat comforted by the fact that the IRS whistleblowers have had a chance to come forward and report their allegations. I mean, Republicans are more than happy to listen to anything at all that they have to say, Yep. but it's getting a decent amount of coverage in the press more broadly. And my point is that we should have checks, balances, and whistleblowing protections in government. And while the reasons why we need those checks, balances, and whistleblowing protections are not great no the fact that these irs employees are availing themselves of those protections suggests that they at least appear to be somewhat working which i find encouraging
0: yeah i like that um so i guess even though you'd like to think that the existence of whistleblower protections would actually stop agencies from retaliating in the first place Mm, yeah but at least that even when they don't um it's comforting that whistleblowers have some recourse yes all right so can we move on yes Alright, thank you. Um, because I think this is also another episode where I'm going to propose we portmanteau the bad and the ugly to the bugly.
1: Excellent vocabulary.
0: Cause I'm really struggling to make any kind of distinction here.
1: Fair enough. On to the bugly. Where do we begin? Yeah. Um, there's so much about this that just does not look good. No. So we both are or have been CPAs. Uh, certified public accountants at one point in our lives Mm -hmm. and the idea of independence in fact and appearance has been drilled into us repeatedly so even if there is no violation of independence in fact in this case meaning you know there was no preferential treatment given to hunter biden there's definitely an appearance of independence violations and that's just
0: gross it is gross. And um, so I'm learning about this concept in parenting called MGI, most generous interpretation. Okay. So when your kid is acting a certain way, instead of going to thinking that they're trying to drive you crazy, you look for the most generous interpretation of their behavior. Benefit of the doubt. Yes. So let me try to do this here. Okay. Try to give this the most generous interpretation. Okay. We can say that reasonable people can disagree about what charges should be brought in any investigation, regardless of who the target is. Yes. So it could be entirely reasonable that the IRS investigators wanted to charge Biden with more than what the US attorneys thought was possible or appropriate. Fine. I am a big fan of crime TV. We see this happening all the time on crime shows, right? The police want to get in there and charge somebody with something and the DA is like, I don't have the evidence. So I have no reason to believe that it doesn't happen in real life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. In the criminal justice system, there are two equal yet important something, the police who investigate crimes and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. Love it. Well done. Um, Okay. Yes. So there is apparently
1: a practice of the Department of Justice standing down investigations 60 to 90 days before an election, which could explain the delayed search warrants. I for one recall a certain FBI director receiving criticism for opening an investigation into then presidential candidate Hillary Rodham Clinton's emails just days before the 2016 election. Yeah. But it seems like in this case, that process of standing down started outside of that 60 to 90 day window. And, you know, it kind of looks like it was the whole point was to slow down the investigation and ended up letting some statute slaps.
0: Yeah, it sure does. Um, And we haven't mentioned this already, but the whole reason that Mr. Shapley, that IRS supervisor, had to request whistleblower protection in the first place is that according to his congressional testimony, he, who seems to be a very competent, very qualified, high-performing agent, was passed up for promotion right after raising his concerns, Mm. and that the IRS has, quote, taken every opportunity to retaliate against him and his team.
1: Yeah, and by his own account, he's- not like some radical political operative in the IRS. He describes himself as having no political activities. He's never given a dollar to any campaign or even had a campaign sign on his lawn. He appears to just be a regular guy trying to do the right thing for the IRS. An agency that we've mentioned repeatedly is under-resourced and the subject of so much scrutiny and ridicule these days.
0: Yeah, the regular hardworking guy gets to shaft while the president's son gets what sure does look like a little bit of a free pass. I
1: just want taxes and tax enforcement to be less dramatic. Or maybe because it is dramatic, we should have a crime show about taxes the Law and Order Taxes Unit. I'm, I'm getting skeptical face. I've left my co-host speechless. <laughs> win, win. All I do is win. I got nothing.
0: (laughs) Well, that's all we have time for today. Be sure to join us for more tax nerdery on future episodes of Taxes for the Masses.